Welcome to the Fused Fitness Formula, where we share information and motivation from people just like you, our coaches, and medical and fitness professionals, so that you can have all the tools you need to create healthy habits that fit into your lifestyle and set you up for success. All right, FitFam. So on today's Fuse Fitness Formula, we have Justine Carino. She's a licensed mental health counselor. She is currently located in White Plains. Uh, she works predominantly with young teens, young adults, and or all teens, right? All, all teens. teens, young adults. Teens, young adults, uh, families. So she really covers a the gamut there with her clientele and who she's working with. We are going to talk today a lot about some parent guilt because we actually have Justine coming here for a workshop, which we'll give you some more details on later on. Um, but we're going to talk today about parent guilt because a lot of the members that come to Fuse are at the point in their life where they are thinking about having families, where they have young adults young children, toddlers, newborns, mm -hmm. all the way up to teens. And we hear a lot about the balance and the struggle for balancing a healthy lifestyle, which we all know is so important. Mm -hmm. And also balancing family, being yeah. a full-time employee, being a spouse, a good husband, a good wife, being a child, a brother, a sister. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different hats that we're constantly wearing. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk today to Justine about that. Um, Justine actually used to be a member here and when she was pregnant. Yes. Yeah. I so started while I was pregnant when you, yeah, like early on, right? Yeah. Okay. So early on in her pregnancy, she started, um, Justine was kicking ass. Everyone was always like, who's that girl? The pregnant, the pregnant one. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> but it's so inspirational because it shows people that they can work out and they totally. can continue to take care of themselves, you know, before baby. And then after baby, totally. which we will get into. Um, fun fact though, Justine was getting ready for one of our classes one day mm -hmm. and as she was putting her leggings on, she said her water broke. Yes. So I technically could have went into labor <laughs> at yeah. bar class no here, <laughs> but my water broke when I was getting ready to come. So it was perfect timing. I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> I would have freaked out. I'd be like, oh my God, what's going on? That would have been one for the books though. Yeah, but I really literally worked out up until the day of delivery because it was such an important thing for me and it made my pregnancy easier, I think, because I stayed so active. That's awesome. Yeah. What do you, I mean- this isn't really what we necessarily planned on talking about, but yeah. what, um, like, what kind of advice do you give to people? I know that a lot of people that work out through their pregnancy might feel scared, nervous. I know that, you know, obviously they should get recommended yeah. and approved by the doctor to work out. Yeah. But if that's the case, if it was so important to you and it really, you mm -hmm. saw a difference throughout your pregnancy, what would you say for people? Yeah. Always check in with your doctor, get the clearance. And actually a lot of doctors encourage you to continue working out. And that changed like throughout my pregnancy. I was a big runner. And then I got to a point where I'm like, ugh, this running doesn't feel good for me and my body anymore. Let me try spinning. And that was so helpful because there's less pressure on my body. Mm -hmm. I could regulate it. I used a heart rate monitor. Many yes. doctors say not to go over a certain like heart rate. So I kept like my eye on everything and I didn't try anything new at the time. I only did what I was used to. And I've always been an active person. I was a dancer growing up. So it's like one of my values. So okay. I wanted to be able to incorporate that. And I would say by the end, like I could still get on the spin bike and move, but I wasn't like going hard mm -hmm. like I would have in the beginning. Um, and I walked a lot too. And I actually would be like, 
I looked like I was in the 80s. I'd put on my leggings and like <laughs> the ankle weights yeah. and like walk hard like around the neighborhood. And I love it. like there's the pregnant lady with the ankle weights. But like that's what my body could tolerate at the time. Yeah. So and I had to be just, creative. That's awesome. Yeah. And it was definitely something extra than just a little walking, which yes. is great too. Yes. We're going to talk about that later as well okay. about, you know, how certain things you can consider as active time, physical time, instead of just having that like all or nothing mentality. Right. That makes sense. So we're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, I wanted Justine to talk about what it is that we can do as parents. Again, we're wearing all of these hats. So what makes it important and how is it doable to incorporate health, wellness, and you know, all while being a parent, mm-hmm. being a spouse, and all mm-hmm. the other things that we have to do as human beings? Yeah, definitely. So I became a parent two years ago. I've worked with parents for the past 10 years. And so I see, I now understand parents in a new way since I became one. Um, And I really think self-care is so important as a parent because a stressed out parent is a really ineffective parent. Ooh. Yeah. Because in order to be able to parent your children effectively, you have to be at a calm baseline. And you need to be able to self-regulate your own emotions in order to teach your children how to do that. And if you're not taking care of yourself, even at a minimum, your parenting is going to suffer. Your marriage is going to suffer. The relationship with your kids is going to suffer. So when you say like self-care, is that like, like Manny Petty's like girl time? Like what, you know, what is that like? I think that's such a popular word these days. It gets thrown out a lot. So what would you consider self-care? I love that you asked that because I see it a lot on social media and it kind of starts to irk me because it's self-care. First of all, looks different for everybody. Mm, Subjective. It's subjective. Okay. As a mental health professional, I'm going to look through it through that lens. It's more than just the face mask or the bubble bath, or the manicure. For me, and as a mental health professional, it's about setting boundaries with yourself, Mm -hmm. setting boundaries with other people, and setting boundaries with your time. So manicure is great. Treat yourself. Having the face mask, awesome. You will have glowing skin. But if you look good, but people are walking all over you, and you're miserable, that's not effective. Right. Yeah. So I think it could be different for everyone. Maybe the the single parent who works 60 hours a week, putting on that face mask could be everything for them, right? But is that's why it's unique. But I think from a mental health perspective, it's really about how can you feel better with less stress on your plate? And some of that is a lot of internal work. And a lot of internal work is really knowing yourself and knowing what your boundaries are with other people. How does, how does one get to know themselves, especially mm-hmm. a parent, right? Like you have, right. you have kids. I think that I see that. I mean, not that I think that I see a lot. I see that a lot. I see a yeah. lot of females that come in here that are hustling at work. They come home and they're, you know, they are amazing moms and yeah. parents. And I think that they start to lose a little bit of themselves. So how, how yes. is that, you know? I think it's, good for people to start to get in touch with what feels good and what feels bad. So, and a lot of people have patterns that they've played out for years. So one big thing that comes up a lot in my therapy sessions is having difficulty saying no. 
And the mom that has difficulty saying no was also a kid that had difficulty saying no. And Mm. she was once a teenager and a college student and a young adult. So it's like a lifelong pattern that that person's now sick of doing because it's no longer working for them. At one point, it probably benefited them to say yes to everything. Probably got them the promotion. It probably got them a great group of friends. Probably got them a great lifestyle. But then that runs out. Because you reach a point as a parent where you can only do so many things at once and saying yes to everything all the time could be really detrimental. So I think, and not only that concept, but really looking at yourself and figuring out what feels good and what doesn't feel good. And then clarifying why not, like why doesn't it feel good? And also thinking about what causes you stress. Stress can be different for everybody too. And we have to kind of make time to sit with ourselves and maybe even look at your day, look at your week and say, that didn't feel good this week. I don't want to do that again. And setting that boundary perhaps with your time. So I'm reading a book right now. It's called Staring by Starlight by Mm. Martha Beck. Okay. And she talks a lot about um, just like how we either tend to you know, run from our, our pain or our fears yeah. or whatever, uh, or we like to dwell on it. Yeah. So I'm sure you see a lot of both of those. Mm-hmm. I think what's so key that you said, make the time for yourself because usually yeah. we feel like we don't have time. Right. And that's whether you're a parent or like wherever you are, we're so inundated with technology and there's always something to do that we make it so that we don't have time to just sit down and like breathe and think about, Hey, what felt right this, this week, you know, this month today, whatever it is, you know, the longer time that you let elapse, the harder it's going to be to reflect because then you have more things to reflect on. So if you can take that time instead of going on your phone at night before bed and just kind of unplug and think about those things and ask yourself those questions, it's probably huge. I agree. And not to go too far off topic, but technology has stolen that from us. Like over the past 10 years since the iPhone became like the iPhone, our ability to be with ourselves and be kind of bored and self-reflect and think and use our imagination has been stolen from us. Mm. I am in an elevator looking at my phone. I'm waiting in the waiting room at a doctor's office looking at my phone. In the past, I didn't have that opportunity. And now we're filling that with looking at other people and other things and not sitting with ourselves and really understanding what feels good. It's a lot about being mindful and being present. Yes. And we have to make that. We have to literally now as humans consciously make an effort to have like stillness, to have no input. We need to decompress and like really separate from the technology to really reflect on what feels good. How do you do that as a busy mom? So for me, I recently came up with a rule, which I still struggle with. I don't bring my phone into my bedroom at night when it's like my bedtime. Okay. Um, Because I would find that I'm like laying in bed, so unproductive scrolling when my time is so precious now, I actually rather watch my TV, right? Like that isn't something that's great, but I rather watch like a TV show that makes me laugh and decompress and scrolling for hours and getting sucked in and losing sleep. So now I've created a boundary that I keep the phone out in our kitchen. And then I have an old school alarm clock that wakes me up. That's awesome. Everybody's excuse. How am I going to wake up? Right. What did you do before? <laughs> like, get your alarm clock. Or Alexa, like, whatever. Alexa, Alexa works too. Totally. <laughs> so that is one thing I've done. And also, I no longer 
um, check my work emails or I try really hard not to check my work emails while I'm not at work Okay. or during my, in my head, my designated work time. So I own my own business. I get to make the rules, but in order for me to function and set boundaries with my time, I have like a set quote unquote work schedule. And during that work schedules, when I'm checking emails, because I can't be present for anybody if I'm checking my emails at home, chasing a toddler. Okay. That's awesome. And that goes back to what we, what you first said about self-care yes. and that self-care setting boundaries. Yeah. So you're setting like, this is, this is my work schedule. This is my day. And that allows you to be a more effective parent yes. overall. And I also hear a lot of parents who, you know, don't work for themselves. They work for someone else and they complain a lot about like, well, my boss expects me to answer these emails or answer these phone calls outside of my work hours. And I, and I say to them, like, you need to have a conversation about that. You might be taken advantage of, or you need to get really clear on what the expectations are between you and your employer about what they expect of you outside of those hours. Right. And that's part of self-care. Yeah. That's a self-care strategy for sure. Like those setting boundaries. Yeah. 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 Drawing lines with people. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so good. Cause I think like you said, it's such a pop, like I said, it's a pop word, but you said like, it just gets thrown around a lot. So what is that truly? What does it look like? And of course it's going to be different for everybody, but at the same time, it doesn't just mean a physical, you know, response or a physical action. It could also be internal self-care rituals can be very internal and, um, they can just run the gamut of working out Mm -hmm. or having a tough conversation. Exactly. So exactly. And everything in between. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. That's really good stuff. So I want to talk a little bit about to, um, what we're going to kind of go over in the workshop. So sure. creating boundaries kind of can lead to creating, I think for parents, probably like a tug of war, like yeah. almost like, okay, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to make time for myself to go to the gym because that's going to allow me to be a more effective parent that, yes. that physical, you know, I'm de-stressing in that way, or it could be, I'm going to go get dinner with my girlfriends on Thursday night. Cause I need girl time, no husband, no kids. Yes. And then they do it, but then they're there and they're like, I can't believe I left my kids. I work all day. I saw them for an hour and now I'm out with my friends. I'm, you know, at the gym and I'm a terrible parent. My kids are never going to forgive me. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about that. We have a lot of members here who have kids again from different ages, toddlers, newborns, all the way up to teens, haven't had babies yet, but are thinking about it. And then even people, maybe grandparents. So how do people deal with parent guilt? Totally. So it's funny because even before I had my son, I'm like a ruminator. I'm an overthinker. I worry about things that haven't happened yet. So while I was pregnant, believe it or not, one of the things I would ruminate about was like, oh my God, how am I going to work out once I have a baby? Like me and my husband would talk about it. He's like, it's fine. Like we'll figure it out. But like, that was a huge part of my worries is how my life is going to change, how my times are going to change and how like my physical health has been a part of my life since I was six years old. Like I started ballet at six. So it was ingrained in my schedule and movement is so important for me and my mental health. I just feel so much better when I am able to move my body. So I remember there was a point, my son was probably like 10 months old. I was back at work, working full time. And I would kind of count, like I would literally count the hours spent away from him at work or working out or with friends or my husband one-on-one versus with him. 
And I'm like, I can't live the rest of my life this way. First of all, like a 10 month old has no idea about time. I'm the only person counting. Nobody else is. This is like an internal struggle that I'm beating myself up about. So I decided to let it go because no one should feel guilty about taking care of themselves. And it's not like, let's say you want to work out three times a week for 45 minutes. That's not going to change your relationship with your kids. Mm -hmm. They need you to show up for the other things. They need you to show up for the stuff that counts. And if you're on a Saturday gone for an hour to work out, nobody cares. Mm -hmm. Like they literally don't care. They just want to see you. And I think the point of parenting, especially today, is being present. And back to the phone, it's really hard when you have this device attached to you all the time and you're trying to be with your kids. They know when you're not paying attention to them. They act out when you're not paying attention to them. They Teenagers and kids will act out to get you to pay attention to them. So I think it's not quantity of time spent with your kids. It's the quality. Okay. So what's it like when you are with your kids? Are you really focused on them? Also, like, let's talk about teenagers for a second. You're literally a houseplant when you become a parent of a teenager. Like, they just want you there. You know, they might need a half hour of your time that day. The rest of the time, they are independent as they should be. They're with their friends. They're doing homework. They might need you there at the end of the night to talk to them for a half hour. Or that, like a houseplant visual. Yeah. yeah, you're there. They come to you like they're watering you like every so often just to check in. You're still paying attention to them. Okay. Weekends as a teen parent, be home, you know, make your presence known. Teenagers need supervision for sure. But the parenting changes. It's not really like they don't need you right there all the time like a newborn would. Right. So this changes. But I think the point is, You have to think about what really matters. And when you are with your kid, are you making the best of it? Also, what's better than modeling to your kids the importance of your physical health, Mm -hmm. your well-being, your overall wellness? Absolutely. We model so many other things that are terrible. And we want to be able to show them like coping skills, healthy coping skills, like getting your workout in or going for a walk or, you know, going to a class is a priority and it will help a mental health prevent a mental health crisis because we are in one of the biggest mental health crises for teenagers that we've ever seen in this country. So they don't know how to handle the technology that's in front of them. We need to teach them what to do about it and modeling to your kid about physical wellness, I think could make a really big difference. And I think we really need to focus on that. That's awesome. So, I mean, yeah, like when that's in the back of your mind, like, oh man, I shouldn't be at the gym right now. Instead, flip the switch, change the story, change the pattern and think to yourself, you know what? I'm actually being a good role model for my kid right now. So while I'm here, I'm going to make the most of this workout. And then when I go home to my babies, I'm going to make sure that they're getting all of my attention. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. That's so important. Do you, is that like exactly what you would kind of run through? Like if you were telling somebody, Hey, like this is what maybe what you do, or this is what Mm -hmm. I would recommend that you do, like the action that you should take, not just the thing itself. Yeah, I would definitely reframe it. Most of our thoughts are negative and unhelpful or ineffective and really untrue. We really make a lot of assumptions and we make up a narrative or a theme and we have to challenge that a lot um, and make our thoughts more helpful and look at the reality of things. 
I, you know, there's going to be times as a parent that you do mess up. There will be times as a parent when maybe you make the wrong choice, um, but you learn from that. But I'm thinking of like a day-to-day lifestyle in which you're trying to set aside some time to take care of yourself. Yeah. You shouldn't feel guilty about it. You know what I mean? You know when you're present for things and it's important to set your time for yourself, you know, put it aside because you need to be a happy parent to be an effective parent when it comes down to it. And if I you're, yeah, if you're stressed out, you're going to say things to your kid that you don't mean and you regret. You're going to probably do things you feel bad about after you're going to lose your temper. Your patience is going to be so thin when you're stressed out. So to maintain your baseline, it's okay to, you know, get a dinner with a girlfriend from time to time. It's okay to date your husband. It's okay to make time your schedule for working out. Yeah. I think that that's so important because it's, it's honestly in every area of your life. Like if you don't make the time that hour, that two, that three hours, and that's kind of what the workshop's going to be about too. It's going to be about like home workouts that you can do. So this way it's not like, Oh, I don't know what to do. It's a matter of like, here's 20 minutes. It doesn't have to be an all out. I'm yes. dripping in a puddle of my sweat type of workout. Yep. It's good to just move your body. Feel like you did something for yourself that day, even if it's yep. 20 minutes. Yep. So that's exactly what we're talking about in the mm-hmm. workshop. Um, Muscles and mind. That's going to be on March 20th at 7 PM. Yep. Um, so we'll talk about that. And also like really quick, effective, efficient ways to stay healthy, stay on track yep. that aren't, you know, again, like social media, and media in general or whatever we hear, perceive, see is always like this. I think there's such like a distance between like the black and white and there's just a gray area that a lot of us miss a lot of the time because we're so focused on being all or nothing. Exactly. So I think that everything that you just said is so important because if you're not taking that time, it's not only affecting your, you as a parent, it's affecting your relationship with your husband or wife. It's affecting your friendships, your relationship with your family, how you're performing at work because you're not taking that time for yourself and you're feeling guilty because of kids, but maybe then you start to feel resentful because of your kids. And like, you just start to go down all these different rabbit holes instead of just taking the hour, the 20 minutes to an hour for yourself. And I also think there's like different seasons to this. Like, obviously if you have a newborn baby First of all, you can't work out for like six to eight weeks, right? You aren't sleeping. You're like eating whatever is in front of you because you don't have time to cook anything. So like that isn't a great time to start practicing these things. Right. So things are going to change. There might be times where you need to focus 100% on your kids, whether they're sick or if there's something going on in their lives or they really need you. I think, yeah, the smart decision in that situation is to drop everything and be the mom or dad you want to be. There's going to be other times that you may not be the best parent. Maybe one of your really good friends or family members are going through something and you need to show up for them. Maybe your job is a little bit more demanding and you need to pay attention to that and make that the priority. So I think it's unhelpful. I think there's a big message going out especially to women and guys too. Like you can do everything. Like you are capable. You're a superhero. Like you can do it all. And I totally disagree. That sets up people for failure. Yeah. You can't do it all. You have to prioritize and it's based on the season of life that you're in. Right. And considering like 
also it's important to know, and you only get this, we can circle back around to the beginning. If you're being able, if you give yourself the time to self-reflect, but knowing what you see as your life. Yeah. So you can say yes to all the things, the promotion, Mm -hmm. this, that, and get in that pattern. But is that the direction that you want your life to take you? And the same thing with like being there for certain friends, you know, like somebody, one of the members here said something to me the other day, she was like, the people that you're going to be best friends with in 10 years from now, you might not have even met yet. And I was like, that's insane. So like even prioritizing, like if a friend needs you, is this a person that you even see in your life in five years from now before putting them before your family? So there's a lot of things that you want to take into consideration when you're determining what season you're even in. And I I think you made a good point. You can say yes to everything. And the reality of it is like when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Right. Because you can't do it all at once. You have to really know your values. Right. Values and what you want. Totally. Yeah. Goals, which you really only know when you reflect. Yes. You have to make time to reflect. Even values. Like you can say like, oh, this is what I value. But then when push comes to shove, did you show up for your values that day, that week or whatever it is? Yes. So. And that's when I talk about setting boundaries with yourself. It's really a lot harder to set boundaries with ourselves than with other people because when it comes down to it, sometimes you go against your value system for some reason and that Mm -hmm. doesn't feel good. For other people. For other people. And that's where the guilt really shows up. Yeah. Like, oh man, I went against what I wanted to do and sacrifice my value for someone else. Well, I think that's important too. Cause right. If you're one of your values is being like the best parent that you can be mm-hmm. and you're skipping the gym, but you're with your kids all the time, but you're on your phone with your kids or you're yelling at them because you're, you have yeah. so much anger and tension and resentment built up, waste. then it's a waste. Right. So like just even honing into that, yeah. if, if that's your value of being a good parent, like what does a good parent look like for you? Is it spending more time quality over quantity? Yeah. So I really love that. That was awesome. Yeah, especially in this day and age, there's a lot of, you know, parents that work in, you know, two family, like two parent households that work um, and time is precious and you want to think about the quality of the time spent when you are around. Definitely. It's important. Just reframing what's what's important. Yeah. Um, Because time is a, a valuable resource that we don't get. Totally. Infinity. Totally. Yeah. Um, Okay. So we also wanted to talk Mm -hmm. a little about your rituals in particular. Sure. What you do and what, you know, self-care rituals might look like for some people. And then we're going to wrap it up with um, just a kind of like a little disclaimer, just, you know, a reminder for people that are listening. Totally. So first, I really want to acknowledge that I'm able to have time for myself because I have such a supportive husband and parents like his parents are phenomenal my parents are phenomenal they go above and beyond to be able to help us and support us so we're very lucky in that sense so I want to also acknowledge not everybody has that situation there are people that live really far from their families and are pretty much alone with their spouse and their kids and they don't really have a lot of support so I think if if you can get creative of ways you can find support you know, in whatever community you are in, I think that's helpful. I've heard of moms getting to know other moms or dads getting to know other dads. And they kind of like do a share where like one mom will take a few of the kids so the other mom can go run to the grocery store or do what they need to do or take care of themselves. So like get to know the people around you, I think are so important and build your own network. I think it's possible. It takes a lot of courage 
to do that, Mm -hmm. especially if you're like an adult and you're like, how do I make friends at this age? Like it's really hard, but I think other people would value that and benefit from that support too. Um, So yeah, my husband also really values a lot of similar things to me. One of them being physical health. So he and I, like really plan out the week and talk to each other, communicate. And we're like, okay, can you go for like your run on this day? I'll go for my run on that day. Or, you know, he enjoys his time with his guy friends. I enjoy my time with my girlfriends. So we respect that in each other. We both want each other to have that. So we support each other with those like decisions. So I wouldn't be able to take care of myself. if It wasn't for him and the family we have. But for me, like self-care is pretty simple for me right now. Um, my biggest one that I've played around with is my sleep. So I need my sleep and I'm a person that needs like eight to nine hours and I work late some nights. Sometimes I see clients very late. So I have to run home, literally like jump in my bed and do nothing and then wake up the next morning. Some people have a luxury of like doing a nice morning ritual. Maybe one day that'll happen for me. But now I'm like, okay, my son's up at 6.30. I'm sleeping until he wakes up. Like the morning ritual time will come another season in my life. So I prioritize my sleep. It's so important to me. And I've even shifted around my work schedule so I can get home earlier at night to decompress before I get into bed. Because I, I wasn't getting that and it was awful. I was getting really stressed out. So I had to make some changes. I love that. Like you, again, it goes back to knowing what's important to you and making sure that you're doing it so that you can show up for your son, your husband, your clients, everyone. Yes. And that's what was hard. Like I would see, I would take like an eight 30 client or a nine 30 client. Cause I'm so passionate about, about what I'm doing. And I want to get like the parent in and I want to get a family session in, but I started to realize like that wasn't beneficial for the family or the people I was seeing that late because they didn't have a hundred percent of me. Yeah. And my family wasn't getting hundred percent of me because I was coming home really tired, irritable. Yeah. So I like really took a look at what I was doing. And I was like, wait a minute, I can shift these hours around. There's a game plan I can put into place. Love it. So sleep is one of my biggest self care tips. Um, also for me, I've been talking about it. This whole episode is I love getting movement in whatever form that looks like. So at least three times a week, I try and move my body. All right, FitFam, thanks for tuning in, listening to Justine and I talk a little bit about those mental health gains, how to improve your self-care rituals, what self-care rituals can actually look like. And if you're interested in learning more about what types of movement Justine is talking about right here towards the end of our podcast. Please join us on March 20th at 7 p.m. We're going to host an awesome workshop just going over some super effective and efficient ways to incorporate healthy lifestyle habits into your life as a busy parent or just as a busy person in general. We have so much going on in our life day to day. So it's really important to remember that When we're making changes, they should be small and effective versus large and overwhelming if we're looking to sustain them over the long term. Also, we did touch on patience. Uh, We did get cut off, though, at the end. So that is something that we're also going to go over in our workshop. But just the idea that be patient with yourself in this process. It might feel good to start a new habit, a new ritual, 
And if you're not seeing immediate results and it's causing you more stress up front, just remember that over the long term, it will become easier. It will become second nature. And it's not something that just happens overnight. The stories that we create in our mind and the patterns that we create over a lifetime whether it's 20 to 30 years or more than 30 years, are hard to break. So give yourself grace, give yourself patience, and keep chipping away at making those small changes, whether it is in creating boundaries or just creating healthy lifestyle habits like movement three times a week or whatever it looks like for you. Thanks again for tuning in, guys.